0: Family values today are being challenged, even marginalized. Traditional gender roles have also been challenged, even redefined. Our boys are receiving distorted truths about what it means to be a man, and more single moms are raising sons without good male role models to help live out what it really means to be a man. This is becoming generational, almost to the point that extremists have now convinced many of today's young men and young women that the scientifically backed gender binary is either fluid or non-existent. Today, we'll be talking with Rhonda Stoppe on the subject of moms raising sons to be men. That's next on Licensed Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. Trace, can you tell me what are you seeing as being the preeminent problem with raising boys into men today, whether it's an intact family or a single mom raising up her single son
1: alone? Yeah. You know, from my seat, it's the same problem we have with all the other fundamental aspects of our American culture. It's like a cancer. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's the fact that we, we've we bought into so many false premises and, and, and false narratives about boys and men. Uh, you know, we become a people who, who will redefine terms and reality itself to help reinforce our tribal ideology about anything and everything. It's, it's what I've been crying out from the wilderness for well over 30 years now, it's what Francis Schaeffer saw coming in the postmodern and relativistic thought that uh, was birthed out of the hippie movement in the 1960s. Uh, today, we're now seeing the logical outworking of this major league false premise, the logical outworking of illogic. Uh, it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, we just didn't think we'd see it in our lifetime, or at least I didn't. Back in the day, I was looking out for my posterity, but the dystopian results are here. Uh, we're living in Looney Tuneville. Mm. I mean, former education secretary uh, Bill Bennett, he articulated in 2007... This very fact when he stated, America is rapidly becoming the kind of nation that civilized nations send missionaries to. Mm -hmm. Now, I think I just talked about this a week or Mm -hmm. so ago. Uh, Folks, we can't have a civilized society when that society can't agree on such fundamental truths and scientific facts as the gender binary. I mean, there is no manhood. Uh, when it's even politically incorrect just to use the term. Or if you think males are cursed with toxic masculinity because they have more testosterone in their system than the garden variety female has in hers. Females, if I can even still use that term, should praise God, uh, if I can still use that term, for testosterone. I mean, it certainly comes in handy when there's a prowler in the house or, or when help is needed to move the furniture or when our national security demands a military draft or another skyscraper needs to be erected or when the natural and normal urge to produce an offspring occurs. With respect to boys becoming men, when we can't even settle on what defines a male species, how are we supposed to know what healthy men are supposed to look like? Mm. Don't you think it's so hypocritical? I I get this. The very same people who claim to have a problem with toxic masculinity are bebopping every day to any number of rock or hip-hop songs that objectify women. And then they glorify the unprincipled male and female species who actually objectify themselves by agreeing to perform these video versions of so much of these Mm -hmm. melodic, softcore porn exploits. All that to say that we have a very confused, perverted, and hypocritical perspective on what it means to be a man. And, and whether it's a, a, a mom, a dad, or hopefully both, Christian parents have got to find their standards for manhood from Scripture and the Holy Spirit, regardless of the public persona that's being put forth by the so-called elites of our day, whether it's the rockers and hip-hoppers or those sitting in their rockers in Washington, D.C. For secular parents, okay, then logic, objective, objective truth, and what used to be called common sense be your guide then. Otherwise, our kids are more likely to start looking like and acting out just like those of the third world, except without all the lawyers that the so-called elites have to bail them out of the consequences of their third world exploits. If nothing else, it's time for males in America to man up, if I can use that term, and help wake up the woke who are obviously asleep at the wheel of their own narcissistic pursuits.
0: Well, I think our guest today on Licensed to Parent is going to help with some of that, or at least give us some insight on how to help boys become men. Rhonda Stapi is a Christian author and speaker with over 30 years of experience as a pastor's wife, a mom coach, a marriage mentor, homeschool keynote speaker, and Rhonda is Nana to 15 Little Ones. But she's here today to talk about being a mama to four sons and all that she learned through that. Ten years ago, she wrote the book, Moms Raising Sons to Be Men, and it's just recently been re-released. So, Trace, there is some reason why people want to understand and know how can you raise your sons to be men.
1: Amen. Well, Rhonda, welcome to the Licensed to Parent Broadcast.
2: Thank you for having me. And I have to clarify, I have two sons and two daughters. And when you said oh, I have- f- sorry about that. Oh, no, that's okay. Everybody always thinks I have a ton of sons. It's like there's, I have both. <laughs> uh, so when you said I have 15 grandkids, I had to hold back from going whoop, whoop. Because that is my claim to fame.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Rhonda, what are you seeing in our society today that that brought you to the place of writing a book specifically about moms raising sons to be men?
2: You know, what's interesting is this is the 10-year anniversary edition of Moms Raising Sons to be Men. I first wrote it in 2013. Moms Raising Sons to be Men now is saying, you are raising a man. Where before when I wrote it, it was like, mom, you're looking in the sweet face of the little boy. Remember, you're guiding him toward his manhood. But Mm -hmm. now, 10 years later, you're raising a man. God chose you Mm. to raise a man. Your son was created to be a man.
1: Right. And I think too often we look at uh, childhood as the end game in and of itself. Parents think they're a successful parent because uh, they keep Junior smiling uh, during those... uh, You know, first 18 years, they think that that's a measure of their success, and I don't think there could be a bigger mistake, and you say.
2: Yes, well, there's a section in Moms Raising Sons to be men called Control Freaks Raise Freaks, and with all the things that you've talked about in society, all of the concerns that we all have as moms, my kids were pastor's kids, so there's, you know, even that, you know, the PK is never okay, so I was concerned about that, but what we have found is the more that a mom tries to control her child, the more it pushes them to rebellion. And mm. when um, I, I can think of a mom whose son was using drugs, had started experimenting with drugs, and the more that she controlled him, the more he yelled at her, let me live my own life, let me make my own mistakes. Well, mm. at that point, the drugs was acting out from a lifetime of being controlled by his mom, who was trying to keep him safe. hmm And it's just such an interesting balance because we do want to keep our kids from the big bad wolf, right? Right. But Mm -hmm. if we do not teach them to self-govern, if we do not give them uh, freedom to make mistakes, to fail, they won't know how to recover. So when your child makes a mistake, when he sins, it's the perfect opportunity to come alongside and say, we all sin. Yeah. Now we repent. Mm -hmm. Now we ask forgiveness. Now we make opportunity not to go down that same path, not to be around those same friends. Uh, my my son-in-law, uh, Jake, he was a, a seminary student at the Master's University, and he and my daughter lived on campus in a boys' dorm. They were the RDs. And he said the kids that came to campus that had been homeschooled, and I'm not anti-homeschool. I, I have a ton of grandkids at homeschools. I've homeschooled. But they have been in such a safe bubble that they didn't have exposure to any Uh, opportunity to self-govern. When they got to college, they would miss classes playing video games that belonged to their roommate. They would go on the internet Mm -hmm. seeing things they had never really been talked to about from their parents. Mm -hmm. And they would miss the whole first semester of college because they hadn't been taught. So our home is a laboratory of learning. It is a place to teach them what godly masculinity looks like. It's a place to teach them how to self-govern in a way that honors Christ. They're not free to make their own decisions. And as moms and dads, we're not, we're, we're trying to train our children to transfer their, um, reliance upon us to reliance upon Christ by the time they leave our homes.
1: Amen, amen. So was your book written specifically to single moms or is this no. for all moms?
2: It's for all moms. In fact, the new section in the book that I just love, its there's the book's written in three sections. The first one is uh, Moms of the Bible, which we could spend the rest of the day talking about them because they're my <laughs> heroes. Uh, and then the last section is Even If. And there's even if he wanders, even if you're going it alone, that's for single moms. Mm. Uh, Even if you don't know what to say, that's talking to them about sexual purity and dating and pornography and all those things. But yeah, there's definitely my heart is to encourage single moms because two of my very best friends raised their children without a godly father in the home. And their children have grown up to serve Christ, to marry godly wives, and they are wonderful, Mm. godly men because they took it upon themselves, the moms to engage in a Christian community. They became a part of a church family. They didn't say, I feel like I'm left out. I'm the only one that doesn't have a spouse. They went to church. They exposed their children to godly male role models, Mm -hmm. and they exposed them to godly marriages that their children could grow up to emulate.
1: Well, you talked about rebellion uh, from an over-controlling parent, specifically moms. Is that more specific to moms for a son than it is t- to a father? Uh, you know, when a kid gets to be a teenager and he's got a you know a female t- telling him what to do, he may feel a bit. I don't know uh, what the right word is. Uh, awkward or. Uh, I guess the bottom line is: Do dads have a little bit more leverage, uh, a little more freedom to be a little bit more controlling, since they're known to be enforcers in that situation? Or, or you straighten me out on that.
2: Well, I think being controlling isn't what God calls us to do as parents. We are to The subtitle for this book is Guiding Them Toward Their Purpose and Passion. Discipline, yes. Consequences, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Choices, Mm -hmm. sure, so that they can decide what works best for them. But if we just focus on moms for a minute, I mean, a controlling dad's going to drive his kid to rebellion or... By God's grace, you know I've seen kids that have been raised with a controlling father, but a godly mother that, I, I remember one woman whose the father was of her sons was very controlling. And she would just call me and say, can you just pray with me? Because her oldest son had asked her, don't get in the middle of it, you make it worse. She would try to defend her son when he was in junior high. And mm-hmm. so she would just say, will you pray with me? Because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous mom yeah. accomplishes much. Well, we'll be back with more Licensed to Parent right after this break. We're
0: talking with Rhonda Stoppy today about her book, Moms Raising Sons to Be
3: Men. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org buildingtogether building together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org buildingtogether building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi, folks, Trace
1: Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago, when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who
3: properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, An Extraordinary Odyssey of Divine Interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org.
0: Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a residential treatment center for troubled teens. Want to know more? Check out org. We're talking today with Rhonda Stoppy.
1: Well, Rhonda, uh, I, I want to ask you a question here. Can, can you paint us a picture of what Rhonda Stoppy's ideal man ought to look like from her understanding of a biblical worldview?
2: Mm. When the religious leaders of the day approached Jesus in Mark chapter 12, they asked him, what's the priority of life? What is protos? What's the most important thing? And Jesus' response was that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, your whole being, Mm -hmm. and then love your neighbor as yourself. If we spend the rest of our lives training our children by our example and by exposing them to godly men who love God with their whole being, they will become a godly man that God is intending them to become. If my son, one of them is a fighter pilot in the Air Force, he flew, flew the F-22 Raptor, wow. Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, yeah. And he was adopted, didn't come to our family until he was 15 years old, has an, a story of his own, how God just captured his heart. And my son, Brandon, when Tony moved in with us, Tony was, you know, a football player and all the things. Brandon um, had epilepsy at the time. And Brandon's seizures had, he had to take a lot of medicine. He didn't want to play sports. Mm-hmm. And I remember wanting, I um, there's a section in Moms Raising Sons to be Men called Exchanging Your Dream for God's Plan. I was coaching high school cheerleading in Texas at the time. If you know anything about that, you know what that's like. <laughs> oh, boy. And I, I envisioned that my son would one day run one down the field, hit one out of the park, and I would hear the crowd glory in my son's accomplishments. <laughs> but this medication made Brandon so sedated that he had no desire to play sports, but he picked mm-hmm. up a guitar. And my husband said, by the time Brandon was 10 years old, I have never met someone who thinks in music theory like Brandon does. So as Tony was trying to rough Brandon up and make him more like Tony, we had to pull him aside and say, hey, he's not you. We celebrate your accomplishments. We love that you're the valedictorian for your senior class. We love that you're all the things. That's not who Brandon is. Let's celebrate who God made Brandon to be. And mm-hmm. there's a section that talks about how do your your kids grow up to be best friends. You celebrate their differences. You don't hold one and say, hey, why aren't you more like your brother? And so when when I think about what is godly masculinity— I think of David in the Bible. David's Mm. story, he was a musician. He was a worshiper of God. He loved God deeply. He messed up big time with Bathsheba at Mm. one point, but he repented. And he was a king, and he was a warrior, and he killed the Philistine, and he got all those foreskins and all the things that he did. And he was very masculine, but he was the apple of God's eye. He had Mm -hmm. God's heart. Mm -hmm. That is in my mind what, you know, when it talks about in moms raising sons to be men guiding them toward their purpose and passion, their purpose is to love God with all of their being. And in that purpose, their passion will be to love others with his selfless love in whatever ministry he will call them to in their lives. And it's a joy. I always say old ladies know stuff. In fact, the name of my new podcast is called Old Ladies Know Stuff because Titus two women teach the younger, right? Mm -hmm. And as you get older, you watch your children grow up. You watch your friend's children grow up, those that you have ministered to. And you see how those that have been taught not to glorify my parents. The very first story in Moms Raising Sons is Luke Smallbone. He's one of the singers for for King and Country, and I got to interview him for the book. And he said when he was an adolescent, he was playing tennis at a tournament, and he wasn't doing well. And he threw his racket, and he threw a fit in front of everybody. And his mom, Helen, got up and left the tournament. And he figured she'd be back at some point. She never came back. He met her at the car after the tournament, asked where she went. And he said, my mom said, I will not be witness to you dishonoring the name of our Lord by your actions. Everyone there knows we're Christians, and it was mostly a non-Christian environment. And she said, I will not be witness to that. And Luke said, if she had said, you embarrassed me, you're a small bone, you know our reputation, now what are people going to think of me as a mom? He said, I would have rebelled against that. But I realized my mom's biggest concern was that we live in a way that honors Christ. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works Mm -hmm. and glorify the Father Mm -hmm. in heaven. Yeah,
1: Is it possible to have a healthy perspective on manhood without a godly perspective on manhood?
2: In this day and age, I'm gonna probably say no. I feel like the way that we view our lives, the way that we look at our children and understand, mom, you're not alone. God has called us to this ministry of motherhood. And to what He has called us, He will equip us. But Mm -hmm. if you were called to deepest, darkest Africa tomorrow, how would you prepare yourself? You would study the word, memorize scripture, know the language and the culture, Mm. all of those things. But when moms become mothers, they buy the cute maternity clothes, they pee on the little stick and put a picture of it on social media to show everybody. They pop a balloon that says it's a boy (laughs) or a girl, and they're super excited. But they've done nothing to prepare themselves for the ministry of motherhood. And that's, I love the moms in the Bible and the stories that that come out in this uh, that section of the book, because when we decide I want to partner with God in raising this child for His kingdom and for the purpose He has for their life, that's daily asking Him, search my heart, know my sin. I want to repent. I don't want to be prideful because God resists the proud. I want to. Oh, he gives grace to the humble. Anybody who's had an adolescent act out in public or a terrible two year old, you know, throw a tantrum, God humbles us in those moments. But if we say, God says, I created you for my glory, and then instead of telling our child, hey, don't act like that, what will people think of me? You can't wear that to church, pastor's kid, because what will people think of your dad? That's a sure way to lead your kids to rebellion. We don't raise our kids for what other people think of us. We raise right. our kids in a manner. Worthy of our calling, so that they can see that what's most important to us is to reflect Christ's character. because what's the most important thing? Rescuing lost souls for the kingdom, right?
1: Yeah. Do you think our culture has helped to conflate a a kind man with one who is soft and weak?
2: I think it can be very confusing, but I think that's where, you know, Titus 2 calls the older men to teach the younger, to mentor the younger men, to come alongside of them. As mothers of sons, whether you're married or not, my husband was an amazing, still is, an amazing man, one of the kindest men I've ever known, but he's a burly guy. I mean, we live on a ranch, and I, I don't even know all the things he does out there. He comes in bleeding on his arms. I'm like, "What happened?" He's like, "I don't know." I'm like, okay, I know every <laughs> owie I got and how I got it, but okay. <laughs> but but exposing them to other men and their personalities and their character that reflects Christ. Uh, when mm. Brandon was an adolescent, and he started pushing me away. See, here's the thing. This is a a secret to all you moms of adolescent boys out there. There's no coming of man ritual in our culture except don't be a mama's boy. So when our sons start pushing us away, we kind of freak out because we're like, wait, you've swept that same floor for years. Now it's beneath you. And we think it's rebellion in the camp when in reality, they're trying to become a man. So when you Mm -hmm. hand them their manhood, hand them that I know you're a man, I'm celebrating the man you're becoming and hand him over to godly male role models, godly mentors. I remember Steve came home, and I was in tears because Brandon was like, if you love me, you'd let me skateboard all over town. I'm like, I'm not letting you skateboard all over town. That's where kids get meth and, you know, all the things. And Steve said, guess what? You don't work for your mom anymore. You work for me. And Brandon kind of looked at me like, good, because she's crazy. And Steve (laughs) said, but I'm I'm a hard taskmaster. And like I say, we live on a ranch. So Steve put a pick and shovel in Brandon's hand and said, dig a ditch from the house over to where our um, wood barn is. And it was quite a distance and hard ground. And then Steve said the next morning, don't remind him. Don't, you know, cause here's what we do as moms. We want dad to get involved. And then when dad imposes consequences, we feel really oh, yeah. bad for them. So we try to rescue mm-hmm. them from the consequences. He can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Steve said, you're, you're not involved. He's on, he's, he reports to me, if he does not do it, do not nudge him, do not remind him, let him suffer the consequence. And Brandon got up, went outside, not with a great attitude, picking and shoveling on that ground. And when Steve came home, I was shocked because he was so excited to show Steve how far he had gotten that day. And he had blisters on his hands and he said, dad, tomorrow I'm going to go farther. Can I borrow some gloves? Cause I have to play worship in church on Sunday and I'm getting blisters. And Steve's like, yeah. And the day that that wood barn had a, a power to it, cause that's what he was digging. It was a power line They celebrated like it was the Taj Mahal being lit. (laughs) But I learned something. Men men love to work. They want to do something that they can take pride in accomplishing it. So, no, Brandon didn't want to sweep the floor anymore, but he wanted to do something that at the end of the day, he said, I did that. I built Mm. that. I accomplished that. And then have an attaboy from his dad.
1: You know, you're going to find this interesting. Uh, we, we, um, nothing that you just said surprises me because my wife and I take every kid out to dinner the night before graduation. And one of the questions we asked them is, what's one thing that Shepherds Hill can never stop doing? Uh, that really helped you. And the, one of the com- most common answers we get is, "Never stop making us work with our hands." Keyword: making us. Yeah. He said, "We've never felt so human. We never felt so Ugh. part of f- part of something. You know, belonging. I, 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 I've got skin in this game. You know, I help mm. build my own shelter. I've learned a few things. Um, I, I just, you know, I feel part of a team." Um, and I, that is that was really significant because believe it or not, a lot of the girls say the same thing, and and they they will say, "Look, if you didn't make us do this stuff, we we would never would have acquired appetites for it." Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I thought I thought you might find this. But let me ask yes. you this:
2: Well, I'm uh, going to say what comes to mind with that comment is sometimes it's just making kids unplug. Yeah, uh, the internet Ooh. is so much a part of. Their social interaction, they're being bullied online and mom and dad don't even know about it. Mm -hmm. There's a section in the book where I got to do a a cut and paste of the conversation between uh, Dr. James Dobson and Dr. Tim Clinton. And it was about teen suicide. And if you've worked with youth long enough, you know that that can become just an epidemic among kids. It is an epidemic feel they have no self-worth, feel they have nowhere to turn. And what they talked about in this chapter was parents, talk to your kids about it. Don't think if you mention suicide that you're planting an idea in their head. They've Mm -hmm. already had friends that have contemplated, attempted, or have committed suicide. Bring it Mm -hmm. up we have to help our kids understand we're protecting them from Satan's schemes. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, our time is up, but before we go, Rhonda, who is your favorite mom of the Bible? I just got to know. Okay.
2: (laughs) Well, I think I'm gonna say Jochebed because she had to let go of that little basket. She had to rescue her son from being murdered. She had to hide him in a culture that wanted to destroy her family. Mm. Uh, People say this is the hardest time to be alive. I beg to differ. I think Jochebed would beg to differ. Her time was pretty rough and she was Mm. courageous and she rescued her son. She didn't know when she let go of that basket that she was letting him go into the hands of God's protection. She just let go in faith and God charted Moses' path. That's beautiful.
0: Rhonda, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for being with us today. We greatly appreciate your words that you shared with us. God bless you. I
2: appreciate it. And please go to noregretswoman.com. Lots of free resources. Subscribe to my podcast, Old Ladies Know Stuff.
0: (laughs) We will do that. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Rhonda Stoppe, talking today about her book, Moms Raising Sons to Be Men. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Trace Embry, host of Licensed to Parent, is also the founder and director of Hill Academy, a residential treatment facility for troubled teens. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. And while you're there, check out the free resources we have available to help you gain more insight for today's culture. Just click on Resources when you visit LicensedToParent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosell. Carl Peetz is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your
1: license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.